Hi, I'm Lisa. Hi, I'm Andy. Hi, I'm Letty. And you're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Tax Wrap, episode 45 this week. My name is Nathan Hewitt and we're joined by Lisa and Andy. How are we doing, guys? Good to be here, Nathan. Good morning, Nathan. It's fantastic to be here. It's an interesting time in national politics at the moment. Uh, Malcolm Turnbull is our new Prime Minister. We almost have an entirely new Cabinet and tax reform looks like it's on the cards for the near future. At Taxpayers Australia, we've been watching the headlines over this last week and swift change seems to be the main topic of conversation. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Seems to be the case. Today's Financial Review features an interview with Scott Morrison, our new Treasurer, and he's made some early proposals for changes to the tax system. Today we're going to look at his assertions and evaluate both their feasibility and the likelihood of their implementation in the foreseeable future. So the article's called Morrison's Tabloid Tax Crusade. It's an article by Philip Curry, who's the chief political correspondent at the Financial Review. Make sure we knock off our due diligence with <laughs> credits and such. Yes. Now, the first thing that interests me was an assertion that Tony Abbott had failed to explain to voters why changes to the tax system were needed. Now, we often don't really look at the political side of things. We look stay on more what the tax officer is saying. But in the context of um, tax reform, do you think that there was a failure to explain the need for tax reform uh, to the general public? I mean, how much is needed to bring about real tax reform? Oh, I, I definitely think so, Nath. I think the, the messaging wasn't necessarily clear. I think the messaging was excellent in terms of what the government was trying to do with the Rethink discussion paper, and we've spoken about this in the past in terms of leading up to a white paper which the government would take um, yes. to the next election. And I think one of the things that uh, that white paper articulated at was the need for the, uh, the tax system to demonstrate a level of um, equity, fairness, and also simplicity. And they were the three key drivers in terms of uh, trying to deliver tax reform. But unfortunately, um, the messaging um, from the Abbott government wasn't necessarily clear. On, from our end, in terms of seeing that document, it was clear what the government was trying to do. But for the man on the street, I think it was very, very difficult for them to, to decipher amongst all the, the messaging out there in terms of what actually, actually the tax reform that's needed for this country. Allow me to retort then, what about, I mean, when, when they announced in the budget that they'd be introducing small business measures, a lot of people were pretty happy about that because our small business engine room is quite big. It's a big part of the Australian economy. So I guess people were on side with, with that side of things. So I guess we're talking about everyday taxpayers that are really not understanding things like negative gearing debate, maybe things like that. Do you think there's a big knowledge gap there? Yeah, I think what, what came through with the Rethink paper, it was very, very well written and there was a lot of good evidence with um, other countries' examples and things like that, wasn't it, Andy? That's so, so, look, it covered a whole gamut of things. But I think, Andy, it was definitely right where it wasn't really, you know, conveyed to the everyday person. Like, we read it, we read it from cover to cover, we wrote a submission on it, so we really understand it. And I think anyone who's involved in tax as much as we are, you know, thinks that it's really good. But um, in terms of actually communicating that, that was really the issue. Even when um, Prime Minister Turnbull talked about tax reform in his, his speech on, on Sunday, he says it's going to be basically business as usual, which means that the policies are there. It just was a lack of communication between Tony Abbott and, and Joe Hockey and actually getting that message across. And I think when you look at um, everyday politicians now, um, Everyone can be a journalist, everyone's a blogger, um, everyone's got a camera with them on their person all the time. You need very good orators. 
and I know Nathan, we've talked about it as well. You know, even even the great orators of of of, of uh, presidents of the U.S. They probably wouldn't have got to office in the current you know broadcast everything age. So I think what they've gone to is they've gone to Scott Morrison as being a very very good communicator because even at budget time there was a lot of discussions about his portfolio and he was communicating that very effectively. So they've really got to get their message across in terms of tax. There's. Um I guess something that may be a little bit difficult to ascertain, but Scott Morrison has said that the landscape for tax reform has suffered from a combative style of politics. Would you agree that that's the case? Maybe a lack of bipartisan support for tax reform policies? Oh, look, I think you could could say that it's very similar to infrastructure, if you can put it to that. Um, You've got to look at long term. I mean, we've had the Henry Review, then we've got the tax reform. Before that, there was the Asprey Review. I mean, we could keep going through everything, couldn't we, Andy, on that? And it has got to be bipartisan and long term vision. And um, I'm afraid that, you know, when you're trying to keep your job, there's a lot of things that's done in two or three year cycles. And I think that's what, you know, we're a victim of with tax reform, just like, you know, we live in the state of Victoria and we know what's happening with the infrastructure with the change of government here as well. Yeah, I think I think the best analogy for that, uh, Naif, is no different to your roads. You can build a brand new spanking road or you can keep on patching it up. And I think tax reforms are a little bit like that at the, morning, at the moment. There's a lot of patching up, but not, you know, big wholesale changes, structural reform to, to the tax system. That's an interesting way of looking at it, actually. Uh, Later in the article, I'll quote directly now, Mr Morrison injected new life into the tax debate by rekindling ideas he floated early this year as Social Services Minister about unlocking the capital increasingly hoarded by an ageing population. What do you think about that assertion? Is that a big problem? Yeah, we think it's a big problem. I think sort of, um, you know, one one of the things we've... um, with the Abbott government and sort of what they were looking at was was super reform and they sort of basically said no we're not going to touch super and I think with with this particular debate here um, I think it looks like from what's been said out there and you know out there in the marketplace is you know super appears to be back on the table in terms of you know any sort of reforms to that with a, you know the superannuation systems too generous I, I think that's that some of the that seems to be some of the themes that have been been coming out um, from from the from the new treasurer. I do recall when they taught, when they said that in the budget that superannuation wouldn't be touched, that a lot of people were happy about that, and I expect a lot of everyday taxpayers were happy about that because changes to the superannuation system, I mean, it's a it's a change from the status quo, right? And that's generally pretty scary to everyday taxpayers like me. If you had said changes will be made to superannuation, I go, well, you know, that sounds like not really a good idea. So uh, when we talk about change to the superannuation sector being a good thing, but then everyday taxpayers thinking it's a bad thing. I mean, that looks like a communication misstep there. So how do you think the government should tackle that kind of thing going forward? Look, superannuation is a hot potato, really, because it's basically, there's not going to be enough taxpayers. Mm. Well, you you retire, let me put it that way, Nathan, um, for you to be on a pension. So I think it's it's absolutely mandatory that people look at having enough money to fund their own retirement. Um, I think the dichotomy that you've got here, pretty much like, I'll use what we've been talking about this week, the capital revenue um, dichotomy, uh, Andy, is really, mu- really very much is superannuation, is the sole purpose to fund your retirement or because it's taxed at 15%, mm. is it set up as a very, very nice little tax loophole for people? And I think that's where the issue is. How do you make that equitable? For people, so you basically look at, you know, your everyday salaried worker um, puts in there nine and a half percent at the moment. 
lets it go into a, a retail or an industry fund, they're getting what their six percent return at the moment, maybe ten percent return over five years. However, people that are earning big bickies who have self-managed super funds that we know a lot about because we provide a lot of advice, shouldn't say advice, a lot of materials and information to people. Um, you know, they can put as much, pretty much as much as they like into there, so to speak, and they can use that as a nice little investment vehicle for their retirement. Scott Morrison believes that we have a spending problem, not a revenue problem. So is the Australian uh, tax landscape a case of we're living beyond our means, or is it more complicated than that? I, th I, th I think it's a lot more complicated than just looking at you know the balance sheet. Um, obviously, as Lisa mentioned, we do have an ageing population. Um, I think there's a whole myriad of levers, as you know, the Prime Minister put in terms of you know things to stimulate the economy, things to. I mean, tax reform is one element with respect to that. So I, I don't necessarily think it's just purely on uh, looking at the expenses. Um, you also need to look at you know how can revenue in terms of government revenue be raised effectively. You know, um, and the tax white paper was trying to identify certain ways that that could be achieved. You know, one, one example was, you know, are certain taxes efficient? For example, stamp duty is one of them. Should we look at stamp duty and revise the whole, you know, state systems in terms of how they, they, tax, uh, they tax using stamp duty? Is there a more efficient way of achieving that, that outcome? So I think it's a much more holistic approach. And I think, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, we've got a lot of patches, but we need really decent structural reform and the politicians, the government needs to be brave enough to make those those crucial decisions. Now Lisa, as you said earlier, there's a, a tax summit coming up that's hosted by the AFR. It's happening at the moment. It's actually. happening right now. Yeah. Yep. So how do you think that that will change this discussion that, that Parliament's having on tax reform at the moment? The good thing about any sort of um, summits or conventions or things like that, it puts, um, I think, the everyday media um, have them available for tax comment and things like that. So, um, you know, this morning on 774 ABC, John Brumby was talking about increasing the GST because he'd been at the, at the tax summit in Sydney. So there's a lot of things where they can get their message across to the everyday people. So I think that's coming back to you, one of your original um, questions, Nathan, that this gives the everyday Australian, the citizen, the taxpayer, an idea of where, what the real issues in tax reform are, because they're listening to someone like John Brumby that they know, or they'd be, they'd be listening um, to Scott Morrison that, that, that they're now knowing, talking about things, or even, you know, the various economists and things like that that go to these sort of summits where they are getting some media attention in that regard. Do you think that the timeliness of, well, well I'd say maybe even potentially the poor timing of Malcolm Turnbull's sort of new government do you think that he'll be able to get much done given that the time to the next election is more or less around the corner in the grand scheme of things? I mean, talking about tax reform, will he be able to carry that on? Oh, that's a that's an interesting question because uh, politics is going to come into play, I think, Nathan. I'm not trying to be t trying to be apolitical like we are being. Um, we are going to go to an election in the next 12 months. I think we have to, don't we? Um, and... The question will be, is it going to be business as usual is, or is it going to be um, a few tax incentives to attract the taxpayers in the marginal electorates? I mean, let's face it, port barrelling, that's how, how it works. I think Scott Morrison's on record now saying he's going to put a few incentives in there to mm. cut taxes for a number of um, 
um, taxpayer, so interesting to see how it is. Um, in all honesty, tax reform in this country takes a bloody long time. Mm. Um, you know, there's still elements of the Henry Review that we're still talking about, and that was... I, I, you're better with numbers than me. Yeah, I think me. it was back in 2009, 2010. Yeah. Wow. And if you even if you look at it, you know, part of... Um, you know, we've got two, we've still got two tax acts, haven't we, yeah. Andy? We've still got the yeah. 36 and the 97, where, where the 97 was meant to rewrite the whole 36. So things take a long time. Um, let, me, let me put it to you this way then. Uh, for everyday taxpayers, and let's go back to the, the traffic light system, yeah. um, green light, orange light, red light on, on the future of tax reform, at least within the next 12 months. I mean, what, what are we really going to see happen? I mean, not specifically. We don't have to say, well, this is going to come in on this date. But... A good thing is going to happen within 12 months, I guess, is my question. I, I think at the moment, Nathan, there'll be an amber light. That's just just to put it um, Great. that way. Um, and I say an amber light mainly because at the moment we're still waiting for that white paper. There's been a lot of uh, commentary out there at the moment saying that this white paper process is being, uh, in quotation marks, uh, reset uh, as opposed to being stalled or axed. So I think what they, what the government, the new government wants to do, um, the new Liberal government wants to do, is that the Prime Minister wants to take a a stock take of where everything is at, open up some of those uh, can of worms like super, negative gearing, etc., etc., just to see um, whether there are areas that require those uh, substantial reforms. And I think that's that's a good thing. It will put things back, unfortunately. So this talk of a green paper looks it looks to be you know it'll be in you know the new year and then perhaps a white paper just before any election that's or maybe <laughs> a white paper after an election so so there is you know there is a lot of conjecture out there at the moment in terms of when that process but it definitely it will be an amber light Nathan that's that's how we look at it okay so we've got that amber light up here and I suppose one thing we can say about the new government is they seem to be very enthusiastic about the, the prospect of reform so we'll see if that pushes things along maybe it's a catalyst for, for reform maybe we'll get there just a little bit quicker I don't know we'll see maybe that's a thing cool well thanks for joining us on episode 45 of Tax Wrap join us next week on episode 46 see ya thanks